0: I'm Ted Baker in the studios of W.E.O.S. and W.H.W.S. at the Scaling Center at Hobart and William Smith. And this is the Hobart Football Podcast, Episode 26, Game 4 of the 2023 season. Hobart at Ithaca, Saturday, 1 o'clock on W.E.O.S. Apologies for last week. We had a switch flipped in the wrong place, and we didn't have a podcast, and we were busy and couldn't do it over. But uh, we're okay for this week. We welcome the head coach of the Statesman, Kevin DeWall. Thanks for having me back. Thanks for having me. First things first, I thought the offensive game plan was terrific against Keystone. You could have pounded it against them, thrown the ball very little, and probably won the game. I think you knew that. They knew that. But you wanted to show some passing, and, boy, you did, including long downfield passing. Yeah, I mean, the,
1: always the game plan is try to have as much balance on offense, not just for that opponent, but as we're trying to you know, continue to build – uh, our offense. So I thought uh, Johnny did a really good job at quarterback, knowing where the ball needed to go. Uh, they played a handful of uh, man-to-man snaps, which uh, you know, g- gave us the opportunity for him to make some decisions at the line of scrimmage. All of that comes with great protection. I mean, there was one or two times um, where there was you know, either breakthroughs or, or whatnot, but Johnny got rid of the ball relatively quickly the, the protection was sound and then uh, you know it was, it was an opportunity for the receivers to showcase some of the things we had been working on off of that bye week of just cleaning up some of our routes top ends and um, all in all i was i was pleased with the progress we made and uh, again just continuing to uh, with a younger offense each week trying to show signs of improvement and i thought we did take a step forward
0: I think Keystone has done a great job building that program. I mean, they're not there yet, but they've got the building blocks for a competitive program.
1: Absolutely, and that I know their head coach Justin very well. Uh, and when he and I agreed a couple of years ago to, to start the scheduling agreement, you know, he knew, and I give him a lot of credit. Um, and he and I had talked even you know before we jumped on the schedule of how he was building it there. And I, I, I believe in him. I believe in the support they're getting there. Um, he's doing it the right way, you know, not taking shortcuts, and, and you can see each each year we've played them, they've become more and more competitive. Uh, as you saw in the beginning of that game, they they jumped on us and, and had a really strong game plan. The talent level, the development, uh, we were going against a lot of older guys because now those guys were two or three years into their systems. Um, so I think they're going to continue to get better. I, I think had they stayed in the conference they were in, they would have been, you know, had a good chance to win that conference this year. They're jumping in the landmark and. I know they're starting their uh, their first league game like us this week, so wish them nothing but the best. Uh, I think they're well coached, they're disciplined, and, and I think he is building it the right
0: way. Your kicking game has really become a weapon. I mean, Toby Weffering not only kicks the ball high and deep on kickoffs, your coverage is down there. They tried to run one out of the end zone, stop short of the twenty. You haven't allowed a punt return yard all year, and now he's hitting his field goals. And I mean, that's kind of a luxury in Division Three. Division One teams take it for granted. That they can always get three. You can't usually do that in D three. It's great to know when your offense started slowly, you were able to get the three points.
1: Yeah, and it was a little bit further than uh, he's got a strong leg. But you know, normally we haven't kicked a lot of long field goals, not just with him, but in general, I, I tend not to kick a lot of long field goals. But um, you know, I know that both he and Luke are two kickers can kick it. They've done a really good job preparing for it. Um, I think uh, you know, I think Toby wants a couple of the kicks back on the PAT, and and, and part of that was just some of the. You know, I think some of the, the pressures they were coming with, but uh, fundamentally he's done a really, really good job, um, and, and really this week we've harped back on a couple of things just in terms of accuracy on the kickoffs and, and whatnot. But, um, yeah, our, our special teams unit has done pretty well up to this point, and I know we'll be tested this week, but uh, it's been a... a A very strong part of those game plans those last three wins that we've had has been um you know partly the field position that we've been winning with the offense defense and special teams complementing one
0: another we love to hear from the families his family was uh, watching and listening on long island and his grandfather tuned in from germany
1: that's fantastic yeah he's uh he made a couple really big ones uh over the the last three games where he's gotten us out of trouble so uh, hopefully he can continue to progress like that this
0: year talk a little bit about johnny columbi's progression to quarterback and we we saw last year that he had the strong arm could go deep and he really showed it off in this game deep and accurate i mean he made a lot of throws different types of throws bullet throws high throws behind the defensive back I mean he made the throw he needed to for each situation
1: yeah really pleased i mean he's put in a lot of time and it's, it's the a lot of people don't see all the work our guys put in behind the scenes in terms of skill development and uh, chemistry with you know the other guys on their team and and he's done a lot with video work and uh, I thought you know minus two or three you know four drops early in the game his completion percentage would have been through the roof but uh, more importantly he knows when to throw it away knows more often than not where to put it in an accurate spot and uh, you know I think it was a step forward because like I said in the first two games he had done a really good job at you know, really managing the game, putting it in the right spot, and just the stats didn't show it from a touchdown-interception ratio standpoint. Not that any of us are really stat-driven, um, but I think sometimes people look automatically at the quarterback position and, and say, but he had been, played really well um, and I thought, again, you know, for our third game, we took a step forward from the week two game against Morrisville. So that's the progression that we need to take. And, and obviously, we're going to continue to take that progression. And if we had that mindset of every single day, finding ways to improve, and, and Johnny's meticulous as anyone. And when your quarterback's doing that, it becomes pretty uh, infectious to the rest of the guys on how he's preparing. He's got a very calm, competitive demeanor
0: to him. Um, and I think that also is uh, you know, filtering out onto the rest of the guys around him. So 4th and 7, he's 90% sacked. I mean, he's going down. This play's busted. He breaks out, takes off, gets the first down, looks up, and sees he can go all the way. I mean, just what a play. 48 yards on 4th and 7.
1: Just the way you draw it up, right? Yeah. yeah. No, it was it was really good. Uh, he knew where he wanted to go right away. Unfortunately, we didn't have the right route depth, um, so his first read and the primary read against that coverage was, was taken. Um, and as he was starting to relocate in the pocket... Uh, one of their defenders fell off one of our interior offensive linemen and again kudos to him for making that play Uh, once he got outside the pocket then it was a matter of getting the first down and and then we had a really uh, two or three really good downfield blocks and and again we actually had worked on that earlier in the week of you know just trying to put him as many game-like situations as possible that's tough to emulate that one and um, he just happened to skirt up the sideline and He's a he's a good athlete, so it was it was great to see him kind of do that. But it was more importantly really good to see how the guys reacted to when he got out of the pocket that there wasn't a you know block in the back or anything that sometimes you know you, you get those uh, broken plays that um, can go wrong. This one and I mean, most of it went right, went right for us. That yeah,
0: time. let's talk about the penalties. Lack you still had a number of penalties, but they were mostly five yard motions and maybe a hold or two. Uh, I think the only fifteen yarder was one pass interference call. So the chippy. Personal foul stuff went away, which you, you're going to need for this week for sure.
1: Yeah. Yes, and it, we talked about it. I our last week's podcast didn't go through. You and I had talked about it. it was just we, we had cleaned up a lot of things from the first week and uh, first two weeks, and I think the bye week it was addressed. Um, you know, we're going to still play with a fast and physical mentality. Everything we try to do, but um, a lot of those penalties were either uh, gray areas, discretion calls by the officials that are out of our control. Um, But the ones that we can control, absolutely. We talk about all the time with our guys controlling our controllables. And uh, I thought we did a better job. There's still some cleanliness. There was a couple penalties that I thought we could have, uh, you know, prevented. You know, one was a delayed game. There was a couple false starts that were on us and and, and focus, concentration-type penalties. But um, we're going to continue to work on that. I'm never, you know... I shouldn't say never, but it's very hard to go through an entire game with no penalties, but we're going to work towards that. More importantly, I want our guys making sure they can still play fast and physical while keeping our minds.
0: I thought it was a great step up for that receiving core. We saw Rain DeRomola be a deep threat last year. He got open deep. We know Peyton Kaye can go deep. Uh, Ahmad Kral picks up his first career touchdown and a great overall game for that unit.
1: Yeah, it was, it was really good. And I think we had seen it developing weeks one, week two, it we just didn't have the opportunities to maybe showcase it as much. And, uh, uh, and, and fortunately, we we did get that opportunity. And, and again, part of it was the efficiency piece, being able to stay on the field to get more of those plays off, allowed us to have that more balance that we wanted to have. And, you know, I think ultimately we we have a ton of things to clean up on Sunday. We're watching the film. It was really good to see. Again, I like coaching off of wins that don't always go smooth and and coaching through victories versus defeats. But there's a lot of areas that I I think the cleanliness, the attention to detail that we can continue to improve on, and, and that was our focus this week.
0: When you score 40 straight points and win 43 to 10, you can forget little things. They go for a fake punt, the punter goes for a jump pass, it's there for a completion, and Chris Tumba just made a fantastic athletic play to break that up at what was still a key time in the game.
1: Oh, absolutely. It was a great job by them scheming it up. Um, we had one guy that maybe should have communicated a little bit better. We should have had a guy on him. Um, but that's a 10-10 game with, I think, five and a half minutes left in the second quarter. And I we pointed this out clearly on Sunday, that completely change the outcome of that first half. You know what we then were able to do with the short field was go in and score and then get a stop and score right before our half. So you feel differently at halftime based off of that stop. But that easily could have been a conversion and they go down and get the point. So it is a game of inches and and uh, in that situation, you know, an inch or two the other direction they get the first down and, and who knows how the outcome of that first half changes and just the momentum we had kind of going in at halftime because again they had all the momentum in the first quarter.
0: E.J. Taylor ran for 99 yards, 38-yard touchdown. I We were saying he's a big, strong guy. He can get you yards and short yardage. I didn't know he had that extra gear in him. He he showed some speed on that breakaway touchdown.
1: Absolutely. When I was recruiting him, I, when I remember seeing him out at the, uh, the camp that I saw him at, that was the thing that surprised me was his quickness. And then once he gets going, he's got some good speed. You know, I think we're, we've been fortunate to have a couple guys that really have that extra gear that when, when you look at it, we got some guys with different different type of shiftiness. Um, and he's still just kind of getting his legs back and, and getting in full swing. But uh, I, I think he's progressed very well for these first three games, and he's got a tremendous future in front of him.
0: So here's my offensive coordinator idea with him running the way he is. Rayshon Boswell, full-time wide receiver – and you move Taylor into the backfield. What about it?
1: it Sounds like a good plan. Let's do it.
0: (laughs) We're going to see that play against Ithaca, maybe? I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) Uh, The defense, again, this defense, I think, you can look at numbers and say they're giving up so many points, so many yards, but to me the real mark of a championship defense is they make the plays when they have to make them, and that's what this defense does. It might... You know, you were kind of bending, not breaking in the early going. They went down the field for a score. But as the game went on, you needed a third down stop. You got it. You need a, a quarterback pressure or a sack. You get it.
1: Yeah, I think the uh, the defensive staff and the defensive unit as a whole, uh, and, and we commended them on on their response because, you know, it wasn't the start we'd wanted. You know, they jump down, they go down and take the first drive down, punch it in seven, and then in the second possession, they get the, the field goal. I mean, we're down 10 3. And our first possession was in the first quarter. Our second possession was in the second quarter. It was one of those games where offensively, you know, we're, we're used to having the ball and having hopefully a lead and, and hopefully building that lead for our defense. I thought it was a really good response by our defense of staff and players to say, all right, let's settle down. Let's make a couple adjustments. Um, you got to give some credit to the game planning early on. Of I think some offenses did a great job scheming up some things against our defense that we had shown. Um, But I thought then we made some adjustments and then went back to, like you said, making plays when we needed to. You know, stats can be deceiving in a lot of different areas. At the end of the day, there's some that drive it more than others. Um, and I think how they switched it and uh, finished that game was really, really crucial to the development. They didn't overreact. They didn't flinch in the situation where they could have, and they went back to their fundamentals. We got a couple plays. You know, part of that was we weren't tackling great in the first two possessions. So I think it came back to, you know, maybe some of our guys were a little over aggressive or ran some runs, overran some of their gaps. So being gap sound, uh, rallying to the football, doing the things that we talk about, we got back to those essentials. And, and ultimately, you know, zero points isn't going to win any football game. So we had to answer on offense, and that was always I was pleased to see is that early on, you know, when the defense maybe wasn't clicking on all cylinders, the offense was able to at least match serve early on. And then, like you said, when we got that special team stop, Chris Tumba, um, gives us the short field, and then two plays later we we take that lead and then really build off of that momentum going into halftime.
0: At halftime, I went downstairs to fill my water bottle, so I rode down the elevator with the coaching staff, and they were saying MVP of the first half was Coach Green for bringing the pressure. With Don Juan McGee, I mean, you've got a three-man front. He's your seventh defensive lineman and he comes in he hit the quarterback once and knocked him out of the game and sacked him when they were looking to score late in the half.
1: Don Juan is really starting to come into his own. There's there's another young guy that you know, was, was hampered a little bit, slowed down a little bit during preseason. And, um, you know, he's getting his body back with him now. And then on the other part is just, you know, those quality reps. He's building confidence. Very, very explosive young man from Georgia that we're excited to have here who's got an unbelievable ceiling as a defensive lineman. So I think you're going to hopefully see his game just continue to progress.
0: With the D-line, how does Coach Green handle the rotation? We saw you sub three out a lot of times. Is it every play or every other play or is it down in distance? Do you have different... D-line packages or different situations?
1: Both of those. So a lot of it is keeping guys fresh, uh, but a lot of them are certain packages based on the the situation. So down and distance is probably more important there. Um, Coach Green, Coach Delgado do a fantastic job trying to figure out matchups, um, run pass, ratios, tendencies, there's a lot that goes behind the scenes on offense, defense, especially teams that most people don't see that we're putting in as a staff. And then our players, um, we've, we've now on defense especially, have generated enough depth where we can package guys as long as we can stay healthy. So we'll be packaging based off of scenarios or matchups. Um, sometimes it's matching the other offense's personnel. Sometimes it's going to be more down-and-distance dependent. Um, similar to how we package on offense, do a diff- bunch of different things. But on defense, we're really believing how to, more often than not, based on that scenario, how are you trying to get your best 11 on the field? And a lot of that is keeping those guys fresh. Uh, we're giving up, and you saw how big Keystone was up front. It's not going to change this week. And moving forward, typically our D-line's giving up some size. Now those guys are pound for pound really strong and explosive, but that size does wear on them. So we're going to try to use uh, fresh legs and quickness and explosiveness more often than not up front between our D-line and our linebackers.
0: And I've said a few times, when you get quarterback pressure out of a D-line, especially three-man front, you don't have to bring the big blitz. You can kind of time it and use it at, at opportune moments.
1: Yeah, and that's the case um, where we've tried to really generate, and I think, like I said, it's been a, a focus for us. Is now you've gotten some of those guys that are now seniors and juniors with some experience, and then we got some young guys that have added some flash in there with some speed and quickness. Um, hopefully, we can keep it going and, and uh, you know week in and week out, not always have to bring linebacker pressure or safety pressure just to get home. That we can get it with combinations thereof, or just by using our defensive
0: line. Another young guy who stepped up into a starting role, Makai Rogers, a cornerback uh, playing great cover corner, and you know, he was throwing the lumber around and hitting a few guys. Which, like I said, the way they're calling things now, it's hard for a defender to be fully aggressive, you know, especially late on a play or anything near the sideline.
1: Yeah, it is unfortunate. Like again, everything we want to do is going to be clean. We want to do it the right way, it's safe. But uh, they've sometimes uh, they've taken some of the aggressiveness out of it. So we're going to still try to toe the line there. Mackay's versatility has been helpful because he's been able to play both corner and safety with his length and range, you know, being six three And as long as he is, it helps in terms of having some of that leverage. And, um, you know, he didn't play in the first half, but then the second half when he was able to be inserted there, he was ready to go and, and ready to rock.
0: Ithaca this week, never won a game there. I mean, you know, most of these kids have only been there for two or three of those games. Do you... Do you say anything about that? Is there going to be any special speech before this game about what this means to try to beat Ithaca on the road?
1: No, to be honest with you, we're not. Um, you know, I know outside people trying to make it a big deal. The reality is, you know, uh, two years ago, most of these guys that are on our team right now—that's the only time they played them. You know, between the COVID season and, and prior to that, what people don't always look at is the history of Hobart football when we've played Ithaca since I've been around. You know, I started coaching here in 2000 after I graduated, you know, and, and, you know, when we were really rolling in those first you know two decades, um, you know, the last two decades, half the time we weren't really playing. Athletic. So I think it's a little deceiving to say, you know, a lot of those wins happened way before a lot of our coaches and players were around. Um, and I'd like to think that, you know, obviously you're going to have two really good programs going at it. Um, it doesn't change. Whatever happened in the past isn't going to change what's happening on Saturday. Uh, we know they're a really good team. I think the the bigger challenge for us is that they have that bye week for us. Having two weeks to prepare for any opponent is, is really big. And if you look at over our, our time, I think our staff's done a really good job with our players preparing guys when we've had that extra week. So uh, we know that uh, they've had two weeks to prepare for us. It's their home opener. It's the new turf, not the grass. So there's a lot of things that they're going to be pushing in their direction. They're nationally ranked, all these things. It's going to come down to the team that executes the best, you know, who tackles and blocks. I mean, simple things. So as much as other people are going to talk about it, um, I addressed it quickly with our guys just because I don't want there to be any other focus than it's about this team right now. As much as we play off of the traditions of guys in the past and we love the Hobart football tradition and, and hopefully adding to that, the guys in this room right now and our staff and those that need to be a part of this game, it really doesn't matter what's happened in the past.
0: They lost their first game to a good Johns Hopkins team. They just barely beat your old team Endicott by three. There's a few whispers going around that maybe they're not what they've been in the past, but then they've played a pretty good schedule as well.
1: Yeah, I think I mean Hopkins is a, a very, very good team, and uh, that was a good game back and forth and you know Hopkins made a couple of plays that uh, you know Johns Hopkins is a very talented team. Um, I think the the game on the road when they came back and won actually showed me a lot about Ithaca's team. They were down, you know, they had to come back in the fourth quarter. So that's you know that's where experience and resiliency kind of shows out. And then they had a uh, very convincing shutout win at Alfred. So I mean they're only they're trending in the right direction. Um, they're. Very experienced. If you look at their two deep, you're seeing fifth year seniors, seniors, a couple younger guys, and I say younger, it's usually not a first year; it's a junior here and there. So that experience on a team that um, you know had a very good season last year goes to the Elite Eight last year, bringing all that back with a bye week. Uh, and obviously, they're going to be able to throw a lot of stuff at us that you know as much to be prepared for it. They've had two weeks and can throw some new things. So we're going to have to do a really good job, you know, early in the game with some of their new looks on offense, defense, or special teams. Um, but I think they're a talented team. And, and again, uh, once you get into league play, uh, we've faced one another for many years now, and you think about any of the opponents, I think you throw the records out once you get into Liberty League play. It's, it's really good competition across the board, and it just happens to be the last, You know, I think since I've been back as the head coach, I think we've always had Ithaca as our league opener, and uh, maybe not my first year, but the last couple of years, Ithaca is the league opener with them having a bye. And I think that's where we're going to have to really show our growth and maturity across the board is that um, if they do get off to a strong start, like they did two years ago, that we don't flinch and we just kind of stay the course. And, you know, that game we took the lead in the third quarter and it was more about how we finished it. Uh, last year, unfortunately it was a really evenly played probably first quarter, quarter and a half. And it was really like a two to three minute segment where unfortunately a couple of bad plays by some of, some of our upperclassmen really broke that thing open. Um, with a team with their experience we're going to have to do a really good job making sure that we've mistakes and I'm, I'm never going to play a perfect game but minimize mistakes and then react if there's a mistake and not let it compound us like it jumped on us last year
0: you mentioned maturity and and another word I would use is poise I mean it is a difficult place to play it's a hostile atmosphere and some of these games in the past have turned on just little mistakes you know a fumbled punt or someone tries to get that extra yard and gets the ball stripped loose you just you have to Really contain yourself and and play within yourself and just play your Hobart game.
1: That's exactly what we said to the when we flipped the script after the Keystone game over and over and on Sunday's preparation. That's one of the things I told the guys is like as much no one needs a pregame speech for this one. If you do, you're probably playing the wrong sport on the wrong team. Like our guys are going to be excited to play. Um, this game is no bigger than the last game, other than it's the next game. I think other people outside are going to try to make it bigger because they know it's two good teams with, with, with history. And again, that's that's why guys should want to come to Hobart. They want to play in big games. And my, my goal is, the guys understand, and I said this, this hopefully isn't the biggest game of the year. Hopefully we've done our job so that as you go through a season, the more you're successful, the games become bigger and bigger. So I think playing with poise, playing within yourself, all the things you said are accurate. I think what happens is guys, there's never a question on effort. It's sometimes guys trying to do something beyond what they normally do because they feel like they have to do it. no. How do we block, destruct? Do we execute the catch and, and secure the ball? Like Something that's something as simple as a running back mesh or a center quarterback exchange or coming up and making a tackle, try not to do anything that's not what you've been taught to do. And I think if, if we can stay in those moments and really focus on those minute details,
0: then I think we're going to be all right. Keystone's best play from scrimmage was 17 yards. Ithaca's obviously a big play team. How do you contain them? Wingfield's an experienced grad student quarterback with great weapons. I mean, I I would say that whoever has the most 40 or 50 yard plus plays probably wins this game.
1: Yeah, I think what's uh, deceiving a little bit about them offensively is they're really a control style offense. Big, big uh, offensive line. And He is, as a quarterback, especially with his experience, he does a really good job with decision-making. It's tough with that much experience to give him looks that he hasn't seen. He puts the ball in the right decisions, whether that's a given on the run or they do a great job throwing the perimeter screens. They have some really talented skill guys that can get the big plays on us. But really, when you look at last year, the recipe for success was they were just doing a good job, staying ahead of the chains, converting on third and fourth and shorts, and um my hunch is like everything's going to go through him as a quarterback. Uh, he can run it, he can throw it, he's mobile, he's experienced um, he's going to be the guy that's going to be the the engine that really runs that team. Uh, on offense, and then they have some really good skill guys. Like you said, we're going to have to minimize and tackle well. I think tackling on the perimeter uh, is going to be really important, and then they'll take their vertical shots, especially with the bye week. We anticipate they're going to have some shot plays or or things to try to go against some of our uh, more aggressive defensive looks, and I think it's going to be a really good test because I think our defense and their defense are very similar in terms of the experience and the speed. Um, So it's really going to be both – after this game, I bet you're going to sit back and really enjoy watching the defenses play and then it's really going to come down to the offenses that can kind of match that aggressiveness and then hopefully hit some plays against some of that aggressiveness. Hopefully on our end, we we uh, maximize those on our end and obviously minimize the times when we're going on defense because... He is an experienced quarterback. He's going to know where the ball goes, and then it's going to come down to making those plays when we need them.
0: Defensively, Ithaca plays a four-man front, but it's similar to what you talked about. Their D-line is not big, very quick. They're going to be mobile. They're going to get out and and defend the corners.
1: Yeah, I think they have about, realistically, almost a three-deep with experience at this point uh, between guys that played last year and then the guys that played the first couple games. They're strong, they're older than their experience. I mean, they still have some big guys that are in that 270 to 300 range. They're just We've been used to seeing some really, really big ones the last couple games. But they move. Uh, we're going to see an odd and an even front. Uh, that's the that. they've been uh, last year was a little bit more of their um, their even, and then they moved to odd later on. So I think you'll see on some of uh, the longer downs later in the in the series, third and longs, fourth and longs. You'll probably see more of their odd front. Ton of movement, ton of pressure, and that's the advantage they've had with the two weeks is just to be able to really practice all these different looks so that they can kind of disguise and scheme up for these last uh, you know later in the downs, but. Um, I think when you have experience on the back end like they do, um, all the way down, the, the, the linebackers run very well, similar to our linebackers, and then I think they're stout and experienced with depth at the front point of attack. So it's going to be a really good test uh, for our young offensive line, young tight end group, and uh, to see how we can match up at the point of attack because that was, that's going to be the, a huge part of our emphasis is how do we protect, how do, can we run the ball, I mean, trying to have balance against that front Uh, because they're going to pack the box trying to take away the run game and, and probably force Johnny and the quarterbacks and the receivers to make some plays.
0: Former Hobart coach made history this past week. Scott Yoder at Shenandoah had the first woman player other than a kicker in ncaa history we had a great visit with him when we played down there a few years ago do you still talk with him
1: oh he's one of my closest friends we talk all the time and it doesn't surprise me he's a great coach and runs a great program and uh, just really pleased i mean that's that's something like a couple of years ago when we had uh kate finn on our staff you know we made a big deal about a uh, female coach i mean i i think it's great to see as, as a father with two daughters and uh just as much as here on campus we talk about uh, the, the empowerment of women and, and just great leaders, regardless if you're male or female, I think it really speaks volumes that uh, Scott and the staff being open-minded and giving this young lady a chance. I'll be honest with you, she, she had contacted us early on in the recruiting process, and we're open to it as well. So. You know, I think there's a lot of scenarios that go into it, but you see more and more, um, I know there's some people that came out and said there was others that played prior to her, but I just think it's a great situation that um, you know, in those situations where a young lady wants to be a part of a team and, and uh, has that opportunity that they can go out and do it. And it was just really good to see,, you know, not talking specifically with this about Scott is that you know, that uh, the doors weren't closed, doors were opened
0: and welcomed in those opportunities. Well, Coach, some Hobart team is going to be the first to win at Ithaca, and I I think uh, this team maybe can be the one.
1: We're going to do our best on Saturday to put our our best foot forward, and and, uh, we're excited about the challenge. That's how we're looking at it.
0: One o'clock kickoff on WEOS. You can find this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, Apple or Google or uh, Amazon Music, and, of course, get all your athletics news at hwsathletics.com. Until next week, uh, for Coach, have a great football week.